So thanks, Rigi, for joining me today in this conversation about what's essential right now uh, in education. Thank you for inviting me. Delighted to be here. So this is Rigi Routman, um, author of many texts on literacy and leadership, uh, most notably, most recently, Literacy Essentials, Engagement, Excellence, and Equity for All Learners. Um, And this was a book that we did on the blog as a book study uh, two years ago. Um, and this is the inaugural podcast episode, and I couldn't think of a better person to have here than Reggie Routman. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, and just a little bit of background. Uh, I came into the elementary principalship in 2011, and um, that school, which was a high-poverty school, um, had already embraced Reggie's work, um, and some of the teachers had said, you really need to come to the uh, Literacy and Leadership Institute in Madison. And I kind of resisted at first. I said, no, I have the uh, schedule to get ready and I've got to get the budget uh, squared away. And, and I didn't buy in right away. Um, once I saw it in action though, and, and, the, and the teachers were the leaders in the professional development, I just said, wow, you know, I mean, this is, this is authentic, this is real. Uh, kids are gonna get engaged by this. It, it, just, um, it just makes sense. Um, and so then I went the next year, and that's when I met you. And um, so we've been colleagues, friends. Um, I consider you a mentor, and I'm just very grateful to uh, be able to talk to you today. Thank you, Matt. I think we are um, equals. We're educators. We're learning from each other, and it's it's been a joy to watch <laughs> to watch you change, to watch your belief shift over the years, um, and you know, and, and what you find essential now is not, um, and this is true for all of us, I guess, um, not necessarily what you saw as essential years ago. No, that's very true. And so what's essential right now is the big question um, related to your book, Literacy Essentials. And, and we want to take time for that. Just what you would tell someone in education, what, what do you need to focus on right now with everything going on with the pandemic? But you have a cool project out now with Gail Boucher on poetry and nurturing writers in uncertain times. And I just, when I first saw this come out, um, you said nurturing writers in uncertain times. And, and I thought, I bet Reggie's going to do poetry. <laughs> and you did. And yeah, absolutely. So why did you choose poetry? Uh, it's such a good question and really an easy question for me. These times are so different and full of so much anxiety. Um, and fear and trauma for so many people that um, I, I was plagued. It kept me up at night. What can I do to, um, you know, we're not traveling, we're not speaking at conferences. What can I do to make things easier for families and students and teachers? And the equity issue just hold at my heart as it always does. And, and I thought about, um, I'm in Seattle, And at the Seattle Public Schools, they were giving out um, for the neediest schools where the food sites were, um, food and books. Um, But I was concerned about kids that didn't have, you know, computers, access to um, the same literacy advantages that many of the kids have. And so I came up with the idea of uh, donating notebooks to these same sites and on my website, regiroutman.org, you can find that 
plus this video project that I've done with um, my colleague Gail Boucher. And the idea was to get students, you know, pencil, pencil and paper is still very good technology and to get kids writing about things that matter to them during this time. And so that's what this was about because in all the many years I've been teaching, I have found poetry to be, as you said, a great equalizer. That is the kids that are struggling, um, that are um, having great difficulty with following the rules, they take to poetry like a duck to water. And I'm talking about starting in kindergarten. The other thing that I love about it is that, you know, one of the biggest shifts that you made in education and one of the hardest shifts for people to make, and the thing that I worry about it with uh, kids working at home and, and the kind of work that they're being asked to do is um, this is not a time to worry about following the rules. And this is not a time to worry about is the spelling correct? Do they have capitals at the beginning of sentences? But this is a time to celebrate. And I say that word and mean, meaningfully, even, even in these anxious times, to celebrate what kids can do um, and to have them soar. And poetry does that. They don't have to, they don't have to write a lot. They don't have to follow the rules. Um, and it's very enjoyable. So what we've done in this um, video series, it's six short videos, um, is take you through how you might do that at home as a parent, as a teacher, as a family member. And everybody is successful. It's comforting. It's joyful. Um, it's freeing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we I, both, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say I, I found myself engaged myself when I was watching, especially when you were writing the poem the poem uh, dandelions um, you, you said something a uh, lowly weed in the world and I wrote that down just wanted to tell you even though I couldn't of course uh, it was pre-recorded that you know that was such a, a cool line that you had said um, and then you had kind of incorporated that idea with weed and flower kind of contrasting each other in the poem and I just thought that was um, but yeah I just you mentioned the nurturing of um, not following the rules. And I think that just causes a lot of anxiety for any writer when you've got to follow these rules when you're trying to get words mm -hmm. on paper. And, mm -hmm. and so poetry seems to, to allow for that, gives them a, an entry point into starting with writing. And also because poems tend to be shorter than, let's say, an essay. You know, it can just be a right. few words. It can be just, um, in, in the video series, I demonstrate my writing process and you see me do it on the screen and the thinking and the revising. Um, that's going on and writing is hard but the satisfaction that you feel from having written is great and kids get that and I also love it because you're starting with a whole um, you know I was referring to before that that was one of the biggest shifts that you and I see that all teachers and leaders have to make for um, teaching and learning to become really joyful and meaningful for all students so you're starting with a whole poem a whole idea you know, I tell the story first, um, and everybody is successful, even kindergarten kids who may only know a couple of letters mm -hmm. and sounds. So I love that. I think that's so critical right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you, and you base that on something you're noticing, which, it, you yes. know, dandelions, which it just gives every kid, everyone can notice something. And and you picked up something as simple as dandelions, but you made it a very rich 
uh, text, you know. Well, I wanted, um, I was very careful with the topic because people are so anxious that I wanted a neutral topic. What are you noticing today or now that you didn't notice before? And to model something positive, um, you know, that I'm noticing the natural world a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're inside, we're looking outside, and I'm really looking at what's there or taking a short walk. Um, and so this is, again, what I call um, a big part of the, the teaching and learning that I believe in is choice within structure. And I think what's so important now, so, you could, so I'm, I'm modeling a poem I'm writing about dandelions, which I never noticed the way I'm noticing them now. But the message to kids and parents is, what are you noticing? And so to take that same process, but then they choose, they choose the topic. So I think real, what's very, very important right now is um, you know something that I heard Larry Ferlazzo uh, say on a really uh, wonderful video that he's done. It's just seven minutes and it just came out this week on uh, through Education Week. And when he talks about just throw out your regular curriculum, um, ask your kids what they're interested in, what do they want to learn, and and go you know start there. Don't worry about the skills in isolation. Um, I think some of the things we need to be concerned about now is, um, you know, kindness, you know, being kind to ourselves and to our kids and the families we're working with, making the, whatever we're doing with them relevant, easy. This is not a time for complex projects. Mm -hmm. And I think putting people first, you know, in, in my last book, Literacy Essentials, I have three big sections. One's on engagement, one's on excellence, one's on equity. In the engagement section, that's really where I think we need to start. Um, and I have four parts there, developing trusting relationships, celebrating learners, creating a thriving learning environment, and teaching with purpose and authenticity. And I think that's where we start with this um, homeschool connection and the teaching that we're doing with students at home and that parents are, are doing with their kids at home. You've got to set up a culture in your home and in our virtual classrooms now that allow for that kind of trust and celebration, purpose. And a lot of that is um, allowing the kids some choice, being a really good listener, you know, what is it that they need, and keeping close relationships with the kids that we're working with and the families. Mm -hmm. Hard. It's hard. Yeah. It you mentioned the home school connection and we just myself we're meeting i'm meeting with staff and um, weekly meetings we're making them optional just giving them choice uh, we're recording them teachers are noticing that kids are not as engaged um, mm. at times right now and i think you know people are feeling with some sense of uh getting worn out um, or just you know they just noticing what's not going well maybe so i think that's just really important to point out just involving the families and, and how to create that structure together and then just celebration um, noticing what's what's going well it's very hard to do and i think um it was interesting there was an article in the new york times yesterday on the front page that parents are having a very hard time teaching their kids at home um and they're appreciating teachers more Mm -hmm. And so that's a good thing. <laughs> like they didn't know teaching was so hard, <laughs> right? If you ever thought about homeschooling, I mean, um, they're, they're getting a, the full experience right now in, in some sense. And, and, but I feel for those families too. They um, are trying to juggle jobs and, or, or lack of employment too. That causes its own 
unique stressors. And um, so we have to think about ways to make it easy for, for um, parents. And I think, you know, one way, I don't know if your teachers are doing this matter, even for you to do it would be great, but to start um, each day or each lesson with a read aloud. And even if you're teaching high school, you know, to, to pick a book that um, allows you to talk about it, to jump off and write some things about it, to just start off with, um, you know, a relaxing uh, kind of beginning to, to, the, um, to the learning day. Um, one of the books that I like is a book called Be Kind. It's a picture book by Pat Zietlow Miller. It's about kindness. It would take about less than five minutes to read it. And then I might ask the kids to reflect on um, what's a kind act that someone did for you or that you did for someone else. Let's talk about that. Let's mm -hmm. write about that. And if there's a way for you to do some demonstration writing in front of the kids, mm -hmm. um, do that because that's really helpful too. Then well, the kind of modeling that you're expecting. And um, what you did in the videos was such a cool example of that. I shared that with my staff yesterday um, where you had the poem up as, you know, as your whiteboard and then you were kind of a picture in picture, you know, but you were talking and you were writing at the same time. Um, but they could see the process of writing and they could see poetry kind of in action, the development of it. And I think that's a simple shift that I think mm -hmm. teachers could do and keeping things manageable, you know, for kids and for themselves. Well, I think what's really important there is that there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't much planning for me. It was, you know, I mm -hmm. talked about the fact that <clears throat> writing is a recursive process that it's not linear. So when I was done with that poem, I was really done because I was revising it as I went along. I was rereading it. I was rethinking. I was talking out loud. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's important for kids to see our thinking, that thinking aloud, um, that struggle that we go through, that it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Listening to kids, like you were saying, what you know, having a conversation about what they're noticing and uh, with kindness and even uh, doing some shared demonstration with um, uh, my wife was, she teaches special education. She was dictating a letter to a friend who he hasn't seen, you know, since we've gone uh, to remote learning and, and doing it in front of him and with the whiteboard and a lot of options there that I think your video, as well as the conferring conversation you had with Gail was just a, a cool example that, um, anyone can do tomorrow today. Yeah, I mean, I think so. And that's, that's really why, why I love poetry. And I think it's a great way to start a lesson. In fact, I thought it was quite interesting that um, the, uh, the New York Times, which I read every day because I'm from New York and I grew up reading that newspaper, the national desk now when all the reporters get together and they you know, talk about the, what they're going to write about, they start with a poem now every day. And so I thought that's just wonderful, you know, to, to read that poem, to, um, to get people in the mood of, um, you know, uh, relaxation and um, the beauty of words, um, settling down, you know, just kind of soothing your soul before you have to do this hard work. Um, I think that's such a great way to start um, a lesson. So the read aloud could be a poem. Mm -hmm. And it could be a poem that, that you've written together, perhaps, as a class. Um, you know, that's easier some places than others. But 
Um, but I also like the poetry writing because if you just have paper and pencil at home, you know, you can do that. You can put together a poetry anthology by stapling papers together. Um, or that it could be a writing record, um, doesn't have to be poems, just a writing record of what you were thinking about and doing during these, you know, uncertain, difficult times. Um, I think the hardest thing is to keep the celebration and um, even joy part of whatever it is that you're doing, um, you know, as a principal, as leaders, as teachers, as kids, um, and how do you do that and bridge the digital divide. So that's why I think poetry. The other thing I would say is, um, I think this is hard to do, but I would include in my lessons every once in a while, let's talk about gratitude. Okay, we're all struggling. We're tired of being indoors, but what are we grateful for, you know? And maybe writing a letter to somebody um, telling them how much you care about them. Um, or even writing a letter, if you can do this, um, you know, especially where not all the kids have computers or a hotspot, actually writing a letter to each of your students. And on the elementary level, I think that's doable. And in closing a stamp and having them write back to you, I think that that whole connection, um, we, we need to keep our kids and families socially and emotionally whole, which is mm -hmm. so difficult to do. And to put that before any mandated curriculum. Um, yeah, couldn't agree more. And that kind of leads into what's essential right now for educators. And, and you've mentioned celebration and just stopping and just being grateful. And that's something I've done, tried to do anyway with team meetings to start with what's going well or just a check in and then checking out at the end of just what's going well. One teacher yesterday shared a Fox family has taken up residence on their property and, and just she was sharing pictures and it just, just kind of brings in those positive experiences to remind us of what's what is good right now um, you mentioned parent involvement what else is essential right now for us in education i think that those are the most essential things what we've you know that the social emotional well-being the strong connections with families um listening to where people are kindness uh, making sure that the curriculum allows some choice, you know, asking kids, what do you, what do you want to learn about right now? And being adaptable and not worrying so much about um, tests. You know, I, I, I just read recently about a, um, which I thought was great, a professor at Stanford University who was up until the last minute was going to give a final to his students and then decided it was just too much. Everybody was in an emotional state, including him. And so instead of a final, he had each of his students submit a photo of something from the natural world. And that was the final. And then all those photos, and they were gorgeous, of sunsets and a bird or um, maybe just the way the light hit a tree um, and posted all of those photos for all students in the class to see. And that was, I thought, just terrific. Yeah. You know, just anything that we can do to help people feel successful. Um, sometimes it feels like the world is ending. You know, we're going to come out of this eventually. But mm -hmm. I think we, we want to help families and kids come out of this as whole as possible. And then, and then finally, Matt, and this might be um, a good place to end, is... Years ago, 
when I was teaching and I'd go into a school and the kids were, the teachers were always, you know, how we are, we want, Mm -hmm. we have high expectations. That's great. But somehow it seemed like, you know, I never heard teachers say, um, you don't have to do any more work on that. It's just fine as it is. It was always improve, improve, improve. And when I left one of the residencies at the end of the week, I had a teacher give me, and I have it on my wall. It's like this huge necklace um, that was handmade um, with paper. Um, and, and it says on it, good is good enough. And that was the message that they took away, which I was thrilled about. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to do the best that we can. We need to slow down. We need to breathe. We need to find moments of joy. We need to do the best we can and accept that our families and students are doing the best we can. Good is good enough. So I wish everybody peaceful days during these very hard times. And Matt, thanks so much for this opportunity um, to talk with you. I appreciate our friendship and collegiality so much. Good is good enough. I'm going I'm to write that on the cover of my journal, I think. I'm going to send you a photo of it. So that'll be okay. better. <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, thanks, Riji, for joining us. Uh, the poetry uh, series is on Riji's website at rigiroutman.org. Um, it's also on YouTube, and there's a link there on her website. And her book is Literacy Essentials. I was, I've been going back through it just for myself of what's, what's most important right now, and, and just hearing you speak to some of those things helps me as a principal just to remain calm and just appreciate what's going well and just trying to stay the course uh, until we get through this. So thank you, Reggie. Thank you, Matt.